Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Oh Lord, I need you. Welcome to Finding Your Way on Spirit Filled Radio with hosts Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather. Ralph and Mark are successful business professionals, members of the Catholic CEO group Legatus, and generous donors to Catholic schools and charities. This show is dedicated to sharing the testimonies of those serving God in big and small ways and helping listeners walk in the footsteps of Christ. Here is your host to make introductions. Hello, this is Mark Prather with Ralph Linsmeyer at Spirit-Filled Radio Network, and welcome to our show, Finding Your Way. Let's open with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are excited and grateful to come together today to discuss the challenges of our journey in this life in pursuit of finding our way to you. We ask that you guide our minds and hearts in our discussions with our special guests. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It is indeed a pleasure to welcome Sam Lagana who's a dear friend and actually my brother-in-law to the show today. Sam is a true inspiration. He has a passion for our faith, for academics and athletics. Sam is the president of Notre Dame High School in Sherman Oaks. He was previously served for nearly 20 years at the University of Pepperdine as executive vice chancellor. Sam wears many hats today. He's a longtime chairman of the John Wooden Award for basketball and is the public address announcer for our Los Angeles Rams. Go Rams. Whose house is this, by the way? He and his wife, Eileen, have been married for over 25 years, and they have two grown adult children. Sam is a master at bringing good people together. He and his team are in service to the Lord and daily help create miracles in the lives of young people. Sam's calling is to share God's message of hope, encouragement, and joy. His faith journey is an inspiration. Friends, sit back now and discover how one person, in partnership with others, can literally change the world around them. Sam, thank you so much for being with us. Could you share us a little bit of, of your faith path, maybe those early days or whatever just you know comes to you just now? Thank you, Ralph. Good morning, everybody, and I uh, hope you guys are doing great. Thanks for having me with you. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful question when somebody asks you what your faith path is. Uh, like many, you know, I was inspired by my parents' trajectory, and, and my father uh, was born and raised a Catholic. My mother was born into a Lutheran family, and... Uh, decided to become a Catholic. And then, of course, they raised my sister and I in the Catholic tradition in our community. And we were inspired by a lot of really good people. Uh, what I think was kind of most interesting was when you get into your high school years and and you're somewhat, I don't want to say the word rebellious as a heavy rebellious, but, you know, young people go through times of their lives where they're, they're questioning, am I doing this just because I'm told to? Uh, why am I doing this? And for me, I found some friends who also had faith, and we were inspired by other like-mindedness. And that like-mindedness uh, it helped us grow our faith together. And as I decided to get ready to go to college, I was moved uh, by Loyola Marymount's experience, which is where I attended. And in that experience, I involved myself in our faith and got involved in our community under the leadership of of Father Russ Rohde and, and Father Jim Earps and other 
great mentors who were on that campus, and I became a lector more, and I had done that at my local church as a young teenager. But uh, at the school, I got more involved with our faith and kept that going. And so that, that became inspirational. And when I met my to-be wife, Eileen, you know, she shared the same kind of faith background, and she had been she was attending Loyola Marymount as a student uh, when I met her. And uh, so it was nice to be able to share that kind of faith community. And we have gone and continued to be involved and been inspired in different ways. Got in, involved with Legatus at one time because of Ralph and, and his sharing of his experience when invited by some other people to already have that validation and, and just stay very active with uh, a bunch of friends who became priests and friends who became friends. Hey, Sam, you know, I don't mean to interrupt you. You have so many things to share, but the, I, as I look back on the life that I've witnessed, it seems like your your life has been a, a path of service, okay? Your career path, which has been multifaceted, and you've been involved in so many exciting things, uh, even I know with the Lakers and everything, too, plus the Rams. But, you know, you're, it's a path of service. Would you that describe what your yearning is to serve people? You know, Ralph, I think uh, life is a lot about all relationships. And that's our relationship with God. It's our relationship with one another. And so how do we make the world a better place for other people? How do we celebrate those good things that are those gifts of God? As you look forward, I I think those are really integral things to have as part of our lives. And so as we do that, uh, I do think service is a big part of that. And, And that service can be seen in many different ways. And sometimes we don't boast about it, but we just execute it and do it. And, uh, I think that's really the most important piece of the pie that we can bring to the bring to the situation is how do we do good works for people? And that's all in the Bible too, right? Certainly. Sam, I want to kind of better understand your uh, your life and, and, and faith journey. My question is is you're obviously very bright. You know, you talked about how your family, you know, how you had Catholicism and faith in your family, basically from the beginning. But as an intellectual, you have to reconcile your mind and your your intellect with your faith and your beliefs. What were, in, in your processing of faith and beliefs kind of intellectually, what were kind of the aha moments to you where things started to make sense to you beyond just accepting kind of with blind faith? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think that really came in as I was trying to touch on with the the experience at Loyola with much more communications with some people who were actively involved as clergy. And it was a very different experience than what you had with your pastor in your church. And then that was all relational. And so whether it was Father Merrifield, who was the president of the university, or Father Earps, or Uh, Many of the other fine people and the sisters that I had the opportunity to interact with who were from the religious and the Sacred Heart of Mary, I think it was that 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 really brought me to these greater things. And then throughout life, you know, and even through death, you know, as Catholics, we believe in everlasting life. And so that's that blind faith, right? Like, you don't know, you don't know. But there then comes a point in your life where losing my dad when, when I was a young man, that's confusing when you're in your teens. Yeah. And so you're, you're sort of blind to that a bit, but then you see things that happen in your life that you feel because they're faith filled 
that maybe it's not blind. Maybe it is real that, that there's this thing that's definitely you've been told is working out. And like, even when my mom passed away a number of years ago, I was holding her hand when we, when we sent her to have an everlasting life. And I always felt like that was just an extraordinarily powerful thing. So it's an evolution guys. I mean, it's not like, Oh, boom, it's done. It's an evolution. And sometimes through great moments, we find it. And some through extraordinary complicated moments, we find it. And, and that's, I think what's important is that we each have to come to this in our own way. And if we can, do good works and by our good works and by our faith. And as we walk, if we show people this is a good way, maybe they will follow. And if we're leading in Christ's footsteps, maybe they will follow uh, us and uh, will also to evangelize in their special way the greater good of Jesus Christ. So, Sam, you know, perhaps you could maybe comment on your career path a little bit. Everyone is yearning for something. You've been involved in education for so long at Pepperdine, which is a very special place, and now at Notre Dame High School. Uh, in Matthew, we're told that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so, but I mean, you're, you're dealing, interacting with young people all the time, and they're not always hungering and thirst for the Lord, okay? But what has your career path taught you, or what, what have you tried to contribute? Well, I think it really has taught me to be thankful because you're always working in a team environment. In Thessalonians 5.18, it says, no matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And I think that that's something that, you know, we can gravitate to. And then when we lay it into more uh, common layman terms, work as if everything depends upon you and give thanks to the greater glory of God. If if we can do those things and we can live those things out in reality and work in teams and work with people. And as I said, it's relational, right? It's all about relationships. So how you're working in those relationships, all of them aren't perfect by any means. By no means are all your relationships perfect, but you have to keep working on the relationships. And then you have to be thankful that you have these kinds of things in your life. And so I, I, I think that kind of answers your question a little bit, Ralph, is that, you know, we all need to find a way to gravitate to these places because you don't always appreciate much when you're younger, right? And if we're going to build a good day, it's that we have to be thankful. So we get up in the morning and say, thank, thank you for this. And when we go to bed at night, we should be thankful for what we had. Maybe it was complicated. Maybe it was extraordinary celebratory, but we still have to be gracious and thankful. Sam, I want to get your um, thoughts and <coughs> opinions on the young people today, you know, the high school and particularly the college. You know, that um, age category has moved away from, from the church and from Christ and from God uh, in masses. I mean, the percentage of people under, really under 35 that have no faith is at all-time record highs. Why do you think that is, and what what do you think the path is to improve? I don't think we've been showcasing it. I don't think that as a society we've showcased faith as an important element. You know, whether I understand clearly we're in a Catholic, you know, broadcast here, but it doesn't matter what faith you are, right? It's that you're showing faith and that it is important. So whether someone is in any of the Christian traditions, fabulous. If you're in a Jewish tradition, fabulous. If you're in a Hindu tradition, 
fabulous. We're in a Muslim tradition. Fabulous. We all have more in common than we have that are differences. And yet we don't showcase that commonality as much as we should. We don't showcase the beauty of faith and love those who come to their houses of worship or the benefits. We're, we're, we've gotten away from showcasing the benefits of those interpersonal relationships. I can keep coming back to relationships, but think about the relationships that are developed in the pews and that extend to the patios with the donuts and the coffee that extend to those different kinds of moments. If we're not showcasing that and we're not actively learning how to invite people to go to church, then how are we going to inspire others to enjoy what we enjoy? I, I once got a call when I was working at a college that, uh, you know, hey, my kid's being recruited to some other tradition, and, we're, you know, is that right? And I said, let me ask you a question. What's going on? What are you talking about? And, they, and the parent was upset and concerned, and they were like, well, they're, they're being invited to church, and, and that's not their faith tradition. And I said, but isn't the Word of God what they're going to hear? And wouldn't it be okay for them to come learn about another faith tradition? Because then they'll have a better understanding of, of the world around them. We have gotten competitive as opposed to getting into a situation where we say, you know, we're all fighting for the same kinds of world, a good world, where we want to make life better for other people. And all of these faith traditions do this. We've gotten into almost, and, and Ralph, you touched on athletics, almost this, this competitiveness that's not sportsmanlike, unfortunately, where you appreciate the people who have faith in other traditions. You know, look at the beauty of people in other traditions. I mean, I, we used to take our daughters to church at Christmas, not only go to Mass in our own tradition, but we'd go to another church, and perhaps a Methodist church, a Presbyterian church, a Church of Christ, you know, different houses of worship that celebrated the Christmas so that they could be a witness to it. We exposed them to uh, much of what is a foundational core for our Catholic traditions and the Jewish faith. Those things are so critical, but we need to have people appreciate others. Yeah, well said and actually fascinating, Sam. Uh, this is Ralph Linsmar and Mark Prather on Spirit-Filled Radio on our show, Finding It Your Way. Today we're speaking with Sam Lagana, who's the current president of the Notre Dame High School in Sherman Oaks. Sam, it's interesting because you had you were living in such a wonderful environment at Pepperdine for almost 20 years, a, a faith-filled environment, and then you got a call, right? And now you're off to another challenge. Could you describe um, you know, the challenge you're experiencing these days? Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to have been offered the opportunity to, to lead a school, a Catholic school, where I, I saw the opportunity that we can make this a better place, and we can inspire people, and we can send people out to be better citizens of the world. But, you know, it's a high school in Los Angeles, and we serve about 1,250 students, and I see the opportunity for us to inspire them to take those kinds of messages out to the world. Now, I will be honest with you, more than 50% of our students um, espouse to be Catholic, but the other percentage are not necessarily in the Catholic tradition. They may be Christian, they may be Jewish, they may be Muslim, they may be Hindu, they may be these things. But we have a responsibility to show them where our anchor, where our flag is, and then maybe that inspires them and it helps lead them. Uh, that we have a Kairos program for our seniors, and over 90% of our seniors and you heard me just say that not all of our students are in the Catholic tradition. The Kairos program is in this Catholic tradition in a way 
we inspire all of these kids from all these different traditions to participate in this and to learn more about it. And I think that's a really a key thing so that they can enter the world and inspire others. So I have a, another question for you about <clears throat> young people and how do you try to teach young people? You know, I'm thinking of Aquinas, you know, Aquinas, you know, teaches that, you know, the four major vices of mankind are, are, you know, pleasure, you know, power, pride or honor and wealth. And, and the one I want to focus on is pride or honor. We're all told to be, and you mentioned, you know, about the competitiveness, the competitive nature. Pride is, is a, it can be a deadly thing, but people don't see pride as a problem. They think, you know, you know, pride is a very positive thing and they don't see the other side of that. So what are, what are your thoughts on that um, with young people and, you know, guiding them about the risks of excessive pride and honor? You know, it's, it's interesting, and pride is a good thing, right? We, we should be proud of our family. We should be proud of our friends. We should be proud of the things that we are involved in. There are also complicated things in our world that, while we may not want to be prideful of those things, but we should respect that other people have pride for those things that maybe we don't, and we have to find a way to inspire and be, as I, as I use this term, sportsmanship-like, if you will, in, in what we do. And, you know, on Sundays, let's say I'm coming home from mass, I'm seeing a whole bunch of people that are going to worship at their houses of worship. I'm thrilled that these people have faith, right? We need to look at that. And, and when you've got great pride, I mean, let's look at some of these sports, great pride for their teams and so forth. But that doesn't mean that the other people are bad. You know, it means that they're trying to find their way too. And I have some, I have a very close friend who's a, a rabbi and uh, runs a Chabad. And I love our relationship. I light, I help light the menorah in my town every year on the opening night of, of Hanukkah. But we're coming together because of the light, right? This miracle of the light from years ago. But we share that experience, right? And we should be able to share that experience. It's not theirs, and we shouldn't appreciate it. We should appreciate it. We wouldn't be where we are today without that experience. Hey, Sam, here's another and little so, thought. Here's a thought, Sam. You know, sharing the light, you know, you, you've been fortunate to know a lot of lights. You knew John Wooden well, and so you're the chairman of the Wooden Award now. Perhaps, you know, let's get into athletics just a little bit because you've been involved with the Lakers and with the now the Rams and, and all. So cross, cross the, you know, the relationship with John Wooden with, with athletics and, and formation, even as it crosses into spiritual formation, perhaps. Could you, it's a little complicated. I'm sure you can figure that out. Well, let's just go straight to his, you know, the pyramid of success. You've got these two cornerstones on the industrialists on the bottom left and enthusiasm on the bottom right. These are the cornerstones that he laid out as to how do you build this pyramid in these blocks. Friendship, loyalty, cooperation fill the bottom. But when you come up to the top, it's about competitive greatness and being the best when your best is needed and enjoyment of that difficult challenge. We talked about that earlier. But really what brings that block to a pinnacle is faith on one side through prayer and that and patience because good things do take time. And so how does that, that work together? I think that, you know, Coach Wooden identified that. And, and he said when success is a peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing you did the best 
to become the best that you're capable of becoming. I mean, those things all tie into his faith. He was a very faith-filled man. I love that inspiration. He's played off on others, but he has helped others and himself through their faith journeys. I mean, if you look at Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he and Kareem had an incredible relationship. They came from different faith traditions, but great respect for one another. But that's because they can agree on that competitive greatness at the top, industriousness and enthusiasm in the corners, and how faith and patience at the top bring the pyramid to a point. So I want to ask you, within how do you see faith and fear? You know, we all have fear, and we've experienced fear, but it is faith that helps us to to navigate and overcome fears. What is your advice, again, particularly for the young people, about faith and fear coexisting in somebody? You know, I think you you don't get more comfortable with fear until you have more faith, right? Yeah. So when I was younger, I was much more fearful, but I didn't know what I'm fearful of, right? Fear is going into a dark tunnel and not knowing what's in it, right? Yeah. As you get older, you have to sort of have faith that when you go into this tunnel, you've looked around the outside of the tunnel a little bit and figured out, okay, is there any lion's droppings out here? Uh, are there any, is there blood? Is there, is there anything in the lead me to believe that I can't go into this tunnel safely? Right. Yes. Uh, are there any remnants of people who left something outside this tunnel, but then you can go in, but you're not going to do that until you know that you need to look around a little bit more. But again, that, that comes with time. And so we have to have patience to have that faith, right? And and we have to help people grow that. They have to understand that. And we can't shove it down their throats. You know, even my daughter sent me a note one day. She was in a situation where she was at work, and she works for a large uh, consulting company, and they were on a leadership training, and the training was being conducted by Steve Kerr. In a sense, it was a video on Steve Kerr and his leadership styles and so forth. And she sent me a note saying, hey, Dad, they're talking about your buddy Steve Kerr and, and his leadership. And, you know, it occurs to me that she sort of was listening that, you know, back in the day when we would talk about, you can identify these relationships when you're younger. And you keep these relationships because you don't know where where they're going to lead, right? But you can't be fearful of the people that you're always around. You have to have, to have some trust, but you're going to be less fearful as you get more comfortable with the situation. And then your kids and the younger people are going to learn that just from listening and observing. And that helps them grow their lack of fear. It's scary to be a leader. You don't know. But all of a sudden you start to think, you know, I think I remember my dad or my mom telling me about how that guy or that gal was a leader at some other point. And this is what made them great. And I think that you see those things coming through. So going into it again, it's a matter of time and patience and just having to help coddle people through the fear and the complication. And that fear comes through faith and it comes through prayer. Sam, you know, we've been given an incredible power to imagine. Now, you've spoken how you have a passion for faith, for academics, for athletics. But this power to imagine really crosses all those areas. You know, we, we, we have, you know, fear and anxiety. There's even suffering. But there's also the possibility of hope, peace, and rest. So, you know, there's a power to imagine. Can you, I mean, your power to imagine must be pretty profound because you've impacted so many organizations so positively. Let's just talk about that power to imagine. You know, in Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. That's the start, right? 
start with what, if you're going to imagine what is it that's going to bring great love for people and help them be better. That's all I can really take that to, Ralph. And uh, Mark, I think that's great. But I have a question for you guys as we're wrapping this up. I, I got a good question for you. Can you name 16 popes? Aha! Uh-huh. I bet you we could sit down with a pen and pencil between uh, the two of us. We might be able to get there. <laughs> can, can you do that, Sam? Come on, you guys. This is an easy. This is an easy question. Pope. Oh yeah. Well, five seconds. So John Paul, John and Paul, Leo, uh, Benedict, Benedict. Uh, There's okay, well, yeah, Peter, Peter, Peter. You're done. You're done. You're done. There were 16 Benedicts. All you ever say was Benedict. Yeah. There were 16 there Benedicts. Yeah. Let's make it fun. Guys, thanks so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Well, let's, okay, you have to go off to your interview. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings you've bestowed on us, especially our faith in you. Open our eyes to your truth, to you, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. Father God, guide us well to always yearn and strive for you. Please open our hearts, fill our hearts, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Sam, you are such a blessing. We thank you so much for being with us. And we ask that the Lord blesses you, blesses Notre Dame High School, your family, and all that, all that you know and love. God bless you, Sam. Peace be with you and peace be with your listeners. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Bye thank now. you, Sam. You've been listening to Finding Your Way with hosts Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather. For more, go to spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. In closing, we share this word from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. To this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. Take care, friend. listening to the Spirit-Filled Radio Network. Special words and special music to glorify God. Relationship advice? We bring it on Spirit-Filled Radio. Here's a word from Father Kevin Sweeney with Cindy and Deacon Angelo Giambroni from the Wedding Bands podcast. My favorite line from George Bernard Shaw on communication is, the problem with communication is the illusion that it's taking place. (laughs) (laughs) That's really true. (laughs) Yeah, it's a classic line, but it's true in so many cases. For more inspiring content, come find us at spiritfilledevents.com. That's spiritfilledevents.com. Spirit-Filled Radio is in partnership with the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Southern California. It's the feeling you get when you see a familiar face in a crowd of strangers. It's the way the embrace of a loved one feels after a hard day. That feeling is comfort. And it's what we provide to families who turn to O'Connor Mortuary in their moment of need. More than just providing quality funeral service, we provide the necessary guidance and support to help Catholic families and people of all faiths and cultures process grief and heal their hearts. We are here to help every step of the way. For compassionate comforts in a time of loss, call O'Connor Mortuary in Laguna Hills. You can reach us at 949-581-4300. That's 949-581-4300. O'Connor Mortuary is a sponsor partner of Spirit-Filled Radio.
If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.